Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Second Peter chapter one, verse two and three. Second Peter. Now, if you look at it, he says that grace and peace is what uh, be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us how many things? Uh, all things, right? I want you to say that with me. All things. So God has already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. So this is what we're going to focus on, on uh, what this verse says here. And that's very, very important, not only for today, but for this year and for all the coming years. And the reason I'm going to share this with you tonight, and I've been sharing this with the other ministry and I'll share it with you on Sunday morning is because of what God spoke to me about in, in 2015. Now, those people that are in the other ministry and also my children, Matt and, and Jonathan and Elaine, uh, they know exactly what God told me. So I told them. So in 2015, uh, you saw that the oil went down and it was about twenty seven dollars a barrel and everything got uh, pretty much uh, stagnant in this area, the, all the Permian Basin. But in 2015, God told me that in 2018, right after the year of Jubilee, that uh, uh, God was going to start blessing his people. So I, I told the other ministry, get ready. There's going to be an explosion of businesses. So uh, you can start thinking about your business, I told him. So uh, it's, it's been taking place. So we've had a, a tremendous revival in that other ministry. Plus, uh, we've had a lot of people prospering now uh, because of the word that God gave us. Uh, and also, uh, 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 the Lord told me that it would begin to accelerate. In other words, it's not going to stop. Starting in 2018, now you saw it, it's been a great year for a lot of people. Now, if, if, we'll able, if you're able to get this, what I'm going to share with you tonight, then uh, you will always prosper in your life. And this is God's will. So uh, if you look at the title, uh, he has already provided everything. So when we look at this title, some people might ask, well, I don't have everything. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm lacking. Uh, why is it if God has given us everything, uh, uh, why is it I don't have it? Well, it's, it's because people have not learned to receive from God, all right? So if you don't know how to receive it, it's just like, if I gave you a million, well, I gave you a million dollars or deposited a million dollars in your account, yeah, you never went to your, uh, your account, never withdrew that money from your bank, then it wouldn't be my fault. So God gave us more than a million. He gave us more than billions. He gave us everything we'll ever need, uh, everything that pertains to life and godliness, everything you'll ever need. So in my life, uh, I have proven that. So what I'm going to share with you tonight, and if you're here Sunday, uh, I want you to understand that this is not theory, all right? Uh, I don't deal with theory. If we want theory, we go to a university. You can find a lot of theory there. But this is not theory. This is uh, what God uh, says in his word. 
uh, it's a reality and it can become a reality in your life. So uh, first of all, uh, tonight I want you to understand that this book right here, uh, the Bible, is an instructional book. It's a manual. Now, years ago, uh, I realized that it was the manual. Now, I didn't want a religious book. And most people, if you tell them it's a religious book or just it, uh, most people look at it as uh, 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 something religious. And that's why they don't read it. But if you see it as an instructional book, a manual, then when you have trouble, you go to it and you read that manual and you understand what God is saying there uh, in that word. Now, the book, the Bible is not a magic book, all right? And when I say a magic book, it's not for you to get the Bible and you just open it up and say, let's see what God is saying to me. He's not going to be saying nothing, right? Uh, uh, you won't even understand it. Now, I've asked people, I say, where are you reading? So I'm reading the Psalms. Well, you know, the Bible is more than the Psalms. Psalms are great, but the Bible is more than the Psalms. So I tell people, because it is a manual, and because it's God's, uh, the Creator's manual, and it's an instructional book, the best thing is to start reading from the book of Genesis. And you read three chapters a day until you finish. And by this time next year, you have finished the Bible, okay? Uh, now, some people say, well, uh, I'm, uh, I couldn't read it. And these people have college degrees, all right? And they can't even read the Bible. Now, you take somebody that doesn't even have a high school but if they commit themselves, a high school education, they'll commit themselves, they'll start reading that, and their life will change. So when we read the, the Bible, it will change your life forever and forever. So uh, uh, what I'm going to share with you tonight is to prepare you for what God is going to do or has been doing this year, 2018. And then he's going to do it in 2019, 2020, and 2021. And it's going to be great for God's people. So while there's people going through a lot of trouble uh, here on planet Earth, God's people are going to start riding the high places, okay? And they're going to be very, very blessed. So I want you to get a hold of what I'm going to share with you tonight, all right? So uh, uh, once again, uh, I'm going to uh, read this verse to you. Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, and he says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge. you got to get that. In the knowledge. So everything that God multiplies to us, it has to, it's through knowledge. You understand that? Uh, the knowledge of God and of, our, uh, uh, and of Jesus our Lord. In his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge. Okay, through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue. Okay, based on that one scripture there, uh, what is the world's greatest need? What is a person's need, the greatest need in the world? Any family, any person, people having trouble, the nations, cities, counties, whatever it is, what is the greatest need that people have? Knowledge, right? That's it. Uh, if you're ignorant of what God says there, then you're going you're gonna to live your life guessing. You'll get up uh, any given day, and you'll guess. You said, I guess God has this for me, all right? Or I guess I'm going to make it. But there's no guessing in life, all right? So the Bible says that everything that God has for us 
uh, comes through knowledge. Everybody get that? Everything that God has for you comes through knowledge. When you have knowledge, then you receive from God. Just like, once again, if I, if I deposited $1 million in your account, but if you never knew it's there, hey, you're going to live in poverty all the days of your life. But it's there, right? But once I tell you, then you have to go out there and know how to receive that. Just use your PIN number, show identification, say, I want to withdraw $100,000, pay my house out, right? So God has uh, everything already given to us, everything you'll ever need, long life, uh, uh, complete health. Uh, he has uh, prosperity for you. He has a good family, a good marriage. Whatever you can imagine, God's already provided all that for you. Does everybody understand that? So uh, God wants to bless his people, and he has, and he wants to prepare us, and all that is through uh, have us having knowledge of him, all right? So look at Isaiah 5.13 now. So if this is the greatest need of people, because God already gave us everything. If he gave us everything, he said it comes through knowledge. Once you know it, you can receive it. Now look what it says in uh, Isaiah 5.13. Isaiah 5.13, he says, uh, Therefore, my people have gone into captivity because they have what? No knowledge. Now, notice what God is saying. He's not talking about people that don't know him. He's saying, my people are taken into captivity, all right, uh, because they have no knowledge. Their honorable men are, are famished, and their multitudes dried up with thirst. So uh, everything God has for us comes through knowledge. And if we don't have knowledge, you're going to be taken into captivity, all right? Uh, and you'll not be blessed in your life until you have that knowledge. So uh, understanding those two verses that I just shared with you, I want to say this, that God has a plan. Somebody say God has a plan. God has a master plan, and then he has a plan for every person, all right? And uh, that plan, uh, I'm going to share with you in a few moments. But the devil also has a plan, all right? And the devil's plan is to do this, look, to hold back every individual and to uh, keep everybody in ignorance. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So the enemy has a plan, and his plan, if, if he can't keep you from getting saved and serving God, then he wants to keep you poor. Does everybody understand that? All right? Because God has a plan. Uh, now, the, there's a purpose behind abundance, and God wants to bless his people. I want you to get that today because you have to be blessed. All right? You have to. It is not an option. You as a believer, you have to be blessed. All right? Uh, Jesus said this, the poor you'll always have with you. They're always going to be here. All right? The poor. Uh, but the poor can't help the poor. Right? A slave can't help a slave because he's not free. And the poor can't help a poor. If a poor can't even have, doesn't have enough money to pour for gas, well, he can't help another poor person who doesn't have any gas. So somebody has to help them to put gas in their car, right? So uh, uh, the devil's plan is this, look, to keep every believer in poverty and need. Uh, for he knows that when, he can, when they're in that condition, they'll do very, very little to spread the gospel, all right? 
They won't, they're not going to be able to do it. In other words, the believers will be neutralized. They're saved. So once a person gets saved, the devil says, you know, this is the kingdom of darkness now. He'll say, well, okay, they're saved, they're in church, but so what? Uh, they're neutralized. They, they don't have any power to do anything. They can even go across the street. So God wants his people blessed in every area. And as long as we get knowledge of God, then you come out of captivity. You come out of bondage, all right? And you start living a good life. So the devil has that plan to keep believers in poverty and in need so that in that condition, they can do very little uh, to impact the world. Did you get that? Okay, now this is God's plan. God's plan is Ecclesiastics 2.26. Now look at it. Look at Ecclesiastics 2.26. For God gives wisdom. Somebody say he gives wisdom. And knowledge. And he gives joy to a man who is good in his sight. Now other translations say that pleases him. Okay. So look what God does. He gives wisdom. He gives knowledge and he gives joy to, who, uh, to, who, uh, to, to a man who is good in his sight. But to the sinner, he gives him the work of gathering and collecting that he may give it to him who is good before God. So God has a job. He's got a job for people in the world. And their job is to pile it up to uh, heap it up and to gather wealth. And then God, uh, when it's ready, he says, this thing is going to be transferred. So if you read the Bible, and if you know anything about the world, you see that uh, there is transfer of wealth taking place all the time. So in this year and in the coming years, there's going to be a lot of wealth transfer. I'm not talking about millions. It's going to be in the billions and God is going to put it in the hands of his people or the people that he can trust. So this is God's plan to transfer the wealth of the wicked so that the righteous can do one thing. So this is God's purpose. Listen real carefully. This is God's purpose, uh, and it's in one verse. And God told this to Abraham in Genesis 12, 2. He said, I'm going to make you a blessing, Abraham. Remember that scripture? He said, I'm going to make you a blessing, uh, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a what? A blessing. So God's purpose to bless any of his people is so that we can be a blessing to other people. How would you like to be a blessing to people? Well, uh, that's the purpose behind abundance, all right? So uh, God wants to really bless his people, uh, but they have to walk in knowledge. So what I'm going to be sharing with you uh, to, uh, today, and then we're going to go into something special on, on Sunday morning, and this is so that you can awaken, so you can have knowledge, so that you can receive from God, okay? Very, very important. So abundance is very, very important. Somebody say abundance is very important. Once again, this is why God wants you to be blessed, uh, because then you can be a blessing, you can be a blessing. Uh, God, uh, God has given the church, and I'm talking about the believers, the great commission to take this good news to all parts of the world, all right? Now, I don't know if you've ever been in third world nations. 
My first third world nation that I went to was in Vietnam when I went to the Vietnam War. Uh, man, I couldn't believe it. And people living, uh, you can't imagine how people live. They live in little huts. There ain't no running water. There's no electricity. Uh, man, I don't know how these people live. There's no, uh, no toilets, no nothing. I mean, just uh, these people live, it looks like fourth world, fifth world, man, you know. It is so horrible. I couldn't believe it that people live like that. Now, if you want to go to third world, just go about 200 miles from here and cross the border, and you can go to some areas. They're even in Juarez. Man, these people live in horrible conditions. And here we are. We're all blessed, right? And you say, well, why did God bless us, and why does he want to bless us more, okay? Uh, because he has a great plan for the church. Does everybody understand that? So abundance, listen to me, I want you to remember this, abundance is not an option. It's not an option for God's people, okay? It's God's will, all right? It's God's will. Because God has a plan, and that plan is for his people to enjoy life and health and abundance so that they can get this gospel out to the world. Do you understand that? So the, if the church is strong and powerful and walking in God's will, and doing exactly what God tells them, uh, they're able to help the poor people. Jesus said once again, the poor you'll always have with you. But the poor can't help the poor. No, they can't help themselves. We have to help them. But when we help people, it's not just giving foods and rags and clothing and even good clothes and brand new clothes, all that, that we can give. But with the, uh, the, the supplies, we have to teach them Teach them to get out of poverty. Now, remember uh, what Jesus said? Now, notice real carefully. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Notice what Jesus said. Because he has anointed me to do what? To preach the gospel to the poor. That was the first thing. He said, I, the Spirit of God is, on, uh, is upon me, Jesus said. He says, uh, uh, and he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, why did Jesus preach the gospel to the poor? Did he go like this? Hey, how are you poor people? Hi, it's nice that you're poor. Uh, uh, God bless you. I'll see you later. No. Jesus, uh, every word that he taught was to get people out of that condition. Did everybody understand that? So, look what he said. He has sent me to heal the what? The brokenhearted. Not just to talk to people and say, oh, your heart is broken? Good for you. No. Jesus was there to get them out of that mess. Do you understand that? So whatever is ailing the people, Jesus came to get them out of that condition so that they could live a life of enjoyment, uh, a life of joy and blessings and abundance. You understand that? And, uh, and then he said, to heal, uh, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed. But the first thing that Jesus said, he said, the Spirit of God's upon me. He's upon me. He said, uh, he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Why? To get them people out of poverty. Everybody understand that? So uh, what I want to share with you tonight is to prepare you for what God is going to do in 2018. Uh, if you don't get it, then 
And if you don't have knowledge, you'll stay in the same condition forever, okay? In poverty, barely making it from check to check. That's not God's will. It's not, okay? So uh, how many of you believe that God is a God of miracles? Raise your hand. Raise your hand, man. He's a God of miracles. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. There's nothing that God cannot do, right? He can do anything. But there is no miracle, uh, unfortunately, for our thinking. There's no miracle for that. You're going to have to pay a price. And you're going to have to make an effort. And you're going to have, there's going to have to be determination to change the way you think. How do we change the way we think? How do we renew your, our mind? By hearing the Word of God. And as you hear God's will, you say, I'm not going to be thinking like I used to. Because it's led me nowhere but uh, uh, to a stagnant life. All right? So uh, uh, the greatest need of the world is what? What's the, uh, the greatest need of the world? Knowledge. That's it. He said, my people, my people, my people, my people, not, not the people in the world. He said, my people are led into captivity. Can you imagine that? See, my people are taken to prison. My people are taken to captivity uh, in poverty and to live that way. My people because they have no knowledge. But once you have knowledge, you go like this. Hey, I'm not going to stay in here. God provided this. I'm coming out of this mess. Everybody understand that? So uh, God has a plan, and the enemy has a plan. So abundance, listen to me, is not an American doctrine. I've had people, you know, when I go to third world nations, said, uh, I had a guy tell me, he said, you can't preach uh, uh, prosperity here. Uh, he said, because all the people are poor. I said, well, that's the reason, Right? It's just like saying, you can't preach salvation here because everybody's lost. Right? See, if everybody's lost, I'm going to preach salvation. He said, you can't preach healing. Everybody's sick. No, that's why we have to preach it. Do you, you understand that? So we get them out of there. Everybody understand that? So uh, abundance is not a new truth, okay, for God's people. I know it's, it's a neglected truth. It's an abandoned truth. And it's not taught, and, and this, is, this is what I teach. I teach the word of faith. I teach uh, long life, healing, prosperity, uh, uh, baptism. I just teach the word of faith because I'm going get, to uh, get people, if they'll listen to me, they'll get out of the mess they're in. Everybody understand that? So I have uh, four or five points with you, uh, for you tonight, okay? And these points are very, very important that I'll... I'll add to them uh, on Wednesday, next Wednesday, because Matt still be gone on Wednesday. So I'm going to give you plenty in two nights, all right? Sunday, I might vary a little bit, but it's very, very important what I'm sharing, what I've shared in the Spanish ministry. Number one, poverty and need were never God's will for mankind. Did everybody get that? Poverty and need were, were never God's will for mankind. So, uh, it's, a, it's an abandoned truth, a truth that has been neglected and has not been taught. Therefore, people live like they live, barely making it. When I see God's people barely making it, if they're really God's people, uh, there's, something, there's something wrong with that picture. God's people should not, listen to me real carefully, God's people should not have money problems. Now, everybody starts at the bottom, everybody. You start at the bottom, you have 
a little junk car, but you ain't going to stay there. Everybody understand that? You might live in one uh, one-room house, one room, but you ain't going to stay in that one room if you'll serve God and if you'll do exactly uh, what the Word of God says. So poverty and need were never, never God's will uh, for mankind. Uh, so a theology, listen to me real carefully, a theology that begins in any other place and not in Genesis 1, 2, and 3 is going to arrive at a wrong conclusion. Did you get that? That's why when, I, when people ask me, where should I start in the Bible? Hey, just like any other book, when you go to university or school, you start at the beginning. Because if you don't get what it says in chapter 1, 2, and 3, or in Genesis, then you're not going to understand the New Testament. Uh, so it's very, very important. So any theology, any teaching, okay, in the church that, uh, that, are, uh, that begins in any other place, any, the, any, any belief that you have that begins in any other place uh, other than Genesis 1, 2, and 3, then you're going to arrive at the wrong conclusion. Does everybody understand that? It's very, very important. You've got to understand 1, 2, and 3. And then when you understand the, the, the book of beginnings, you're going to say, hey, I understand the whole Bible now. I understand what God wants for my life. And now I'm going to have God's will. I'm going to change. I'm going to have a great marriage. I'm going to have a great family. I'm going to prosper. I'm going to live like God wants me to live. So that's what God wants for you. So, for example, for example, some begin at the cross. Listen to me real carefully. But the gospel does not begin there, the good news. All right? Because the cross is this. Listen to me real carefully. It's very important, the cross. Very important. And as a matter of fact, there's a cross right there. So when you think of the cross, you think of Jesus. But uh, the cross was only God's means of restoring what Adam lost. Hello. That's all the cross was for. It was to restore what Adam lost. Because Jesus is called the second Adam. He's called the last Adam. And why is he called that? Because he came for one purpose, and that was to restore uh, us back to what Adam lost. All right? And that's why Paul says in the letters to the church, now listen real carefully, he says this, Christ has redeemed us from what? From the curse so, so that the blessing of Abraham would come upon us. So Jesus came for one reason, to be the second Adam. It was the first Adam, now he's the second. Uh, he was the last Adam. And what's his purpose? Why did he die on the cross? To restore us to what Adam lost. And what did Adam lose? Well, he lost everything. All right? So the Garden of Eden, point number two. Look at it, point number two. Uh, did we, no, let's put number one again up, up there so, so that we won't lose anybody. Poverty and need. Uh, say it out loud with me. Poverty and need were never God's will for mankind. It's not. It's not. You can live in abundance if you'll if you, if you learn this. You can live, uh, you can pay all your bills. You say, I never thought, Pastor, we could be debt free. You can be debt free. You can live good. But people are not taught that. And if you're not taught uh, 
the scripture, then you won't know that it exists, so you won't, know, you won't receive it. Everything comes through knowledge. Once you have knowledge of what God offers, then uh, you can receive it. Now, faith begins, say this with me, faith begins where, uh, where knowledge, is, I mean, where the will of God is known. Uh-huh. Faith begins. In other words, you can't have faith if you don't know it exists, right? How? If you don't know the will of God, you can't have faith for it. But once you uh, know it's yours, you say, man, I'm going to believe God. That is mine, and I receive it in the name of Jesus. Okay, did you get, uh, let's go to point number two. The Garden of Eden was God's plan for mankind. So remember in Genesis 2.8, the Bible says that God, the Lord God planted a garden in Eden. And he put the man whom he had formed in the garden. God made a garden in the Garden of Eden. And he put the man that he formed, he put him in that garden. So where did God, uh, where did God, uh, uh, where did he get it, uh, get this garden to plant it there? If God planted a garden, well, he took a little bit of heaven. Everything here is like a pattern of what's the real, uh, of what's in heaven. In heaven, there's animals. In heaven, there's trees, there's rivers. Uh, but the houses are better up there, right? And the streets are better. They're not paved gold. They are gold. And they are transparent gold. I mean, if you ever find gold that is transparent, you got gold that's worth a lot of money, right? But when you get gold, it's not transparent. There's some gold here, but it's not transparent. When you get gold that's transparent like glass, then it's worth a lot of money, all right? So uh, God took a little bit of heaven, and he put a little uh, heaven down here on earth, and then he took the man that he formed. He didn't put him in the ghetto. <laughs> no. And he put so much gold there. Now, look at this. Once he put Eve there, it was just Eve and Adam. And then he put uh, uh, fine gold, lots of gold and rubies and stones uh, in the garden. He said, what for? I mean, they didn't need anything. And who would they trade with? There's no other people. God just wanted them to enjoy it. So he made a beautiful place called the Garden of Eden. And that was God's plan for humanity. He took a man and made him. And he put him in the Garden of Eden. All right? So, you see, understanding this, you're going to understand God's plan for your life. So, uh, the Bible says that uh, 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 he put man there and he blessed him. Now, uh, let's go to Deuteronomy 11.21. And you can see uh, what God uh, said to, uh, to the children of Israel. All right? In Deuteronomy 11.21. He said that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them like the days of what? Of heavens above the earth. Praise God. So when God made, when God made, uh, uh, or when God blessed the children of Israel, he said, I want to bless you so that you can have a little bit of heaven, heaven on earth not hell on earth, all right, not hell on earth, a lot of people, even believers, uh, not you, but there are a lot of believers living on hell on earth, and they think that's God's will, you say, well, it, that's the way God planned it for them. that's not the way God planned it, uh, somebody taught you wrong, or you never received it, never came out of it, but God never planned hell on earth, 
said, I'm living. How many of you have heard people say, man, life is hell here? Well, it shouldn't be hell, right? Uh, we're in the world, but not of the world, right? The world shouldn't be hell. So God, uh, this is what he planned for, even for the children of Israel. So God's plan for mankind, if we understand the Garden of Eden, this is God's plan. Now listen real carefully. God's plan for mankind was never sickness. Never. Uh, suffering, poverty, or need. But what, uh, what uh, God's plan was abundance. And that is consistent throughout the Bible. You can see it from Genesis all the way to Revelation. You can see this truth that God has uh, this abundance for his people. Praise the Lord. So that's important. Did everybody understand that? Okay, let's go to number three now, point number three. Poverty and sickness and death. Where, where did it come from if that was not God's plan? Well, it came into the world through sin. Everybody get that? God did not put all the wonderful things on the earth for the devil and his children. He put it here for his people. His plan was the Garden of Eden, and that will never change. Did you understand that? God's plan is perfect. God is perfect. So he's never going to change his mind about anything. But Adam failed. So God had to bring the second Adam, a man that had no sin. And he, his job is to restore us back to what Adam lost. Does everybody understand that? So uh, it's going to be completely restored. And I'll share that with you in a few moments. So God didn't put all these wonderful things here on earth. So that the devil's children and the devil could enjoy them. He put it here for his children. That's what he did. So when Adam sinned, sickness and poverty and death were introduced into the human race. Does everybody get that? When Adam sinned, sickness and poverty and death were introduced in the human race. Adam, uh, he lived, now watch this, he lived nearly a thousand years after he sinned. Because of the glory that was still on him. People were living a long life. Methuselah lived 969 years. What, would you, what could you do for uh, uh, if you lived 900 years? But 900 years strong. All right? Not sick. There's no, uh, there's no uh, uh, what are these drugs? CVS. There was no Walgreens. No clinics. And these guys living 100, 200, 300, 400 500, 600, 700, 800, 900, 950 for Noah. And Noah started having children, listen to this, at 500. And Ms. Noah was about 502. So uh, imagine uh, at 500 years, he, they started having children. And these guys weren't like people. Nowadays, you get a 30-year-old, he said, I want to retire. Man, you just barely started. And they're all weak, and they can't even move. Look what has happened to the world. Uh, people can't even move. Uh, imagine Noah at 70, how he moved. Huh? It, because he lived 950 years. Imagine Methuselah at 100. Well, all that's coming back. The Bible says during the 1,000-year reign here, uh, uh, a baby will be 100 years of age. People are going to start living 200, 3, and 4, 5, 600 years when Jesus comes and sets up his kingdom here again. 
and that's real close now. Imagine that. So, uh, man, I, I said, Lord, I'm 70. I'm 70. I said, Lord, I'm going to feel like Methuselah. I want to feel like Methuselah at 70. Praise God. Imagine those guys, all the energy they had. Huh? They were, they had creative. Well, imagine what they could build. Imagine what they could do in a life. A uh, hundred, two, three, four, five, six hundred years. So when Adam sinned, sickness, poverty, and death were introduced. Adam never was going to die, never. And he was going to live forever. Never die, can you imagine? But when he sinned, uh, it came on all of humanity. Look at Romans 5.12, and this is what happened. Therefore, just as through one man sinned into the world, this is Romans 5.12, therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. So through one man, Adam, the Bible says death came in through sin, and then death spread to everybody. So we were all born cursed. That's why we have to come to Jesus, and we come to Jesus, we break that curse over our life. Can you say amen? So Jesus can, does, and heal everybody. Praise the Lord. Let's go to point number four now. Uh, Christ came to redeem us from sin and the effects of sin. So he came to restore to us all that Adam lost. Now listen carefully. But not only what Adam lost, but with a plus, something additional we got when Jesus died and we accepted him. In Hebrews 8, 6, he says this, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, ministry inasmuch as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. So the Bible says that you... You, you and me, we're living now under a better covenant. Praise God. We have what the Old Testament prophets, kings, all those people, even Moses and all these people, they didn't have that we have. We have a better covenant. Would you raise your hand with me and say, a better covenant is mine. Praise God, all right? And what is the better covenant? Well, everything... Everything God promised Abraham, but with something much, much more better and extra. And what is that? The indwelling God in us. He now lives inside of us. Can you imagine how powerful that is? That's very, very powerful. Praise God. The Bible says that Adam walked with the Lord in the cool of the day. Now God comes by the Holy Spirit to take residence in us. Praise the Lord. And this is why Jesus said, and I will pray the Father. John 14, 16 and 17, he said, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you uh, forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him, uh, he, uh, sees him nor knows him, neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. That's what Jesus told his disciples. So imagine me. Everywhere I go, God goes with me. Man, that's powerful, man. And then he leads me. And then he tells me of things. Jesus said that he will tell us of things to come. 
so we're not guessing. We'll know exactly what, because uh, nobody knows what's going to happen in a year or in six months or even tomorrow. But the Spirit of God does. And if you'll walk with Him, He'll tell you. He'll tell you, to, He'll show you the right decision so that you can prosper and be a blessing. Okay? It's, it's very, very powerful. Okay, number five, and I'll finish with this one. Number five. Restoration of what Adam lost. He didn't have that. So uh, uh, I'm just going to say it to you. You can jot it down. Restoration of what Adam lost is the major theme of the Bible. Say that with me. Uh, restoration of what Adam lost is the major theme of the Bible. What Adam lost uh, and what Jesus came to do is the major theme of the Bible. Why did, you, why did Jesus come? He's the second Adam, all right? Why did he come? To restore us uh, back to what Adam lost. Lo Adam lost everything, but God gave him everything, put him in a garden, put him in paradise here on earth. He put him like a heaven on earth, all right? And he lost it. So Jesus came to restore us back, not to be religious, not to play a little religious game, but to, and not just uh, like a lot of people say, hey, there's nothing for you here. When you get to heaven, you're going to get it. No, we can get it right here. Can you say amen? Heaven, uh, we can have heaven on earth right here. And I've had a, a joyful life and a real blessing life, okay? Uh, uh, 70 years, and wow, it's been such a great blessing. Uh, I tell our, the other ministry, I say, I'm an example to you, so you can live that way. I've lived a good life. And man, uh, 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 met us, uh, confronted so many situations, but God has given us the victory. Praise the Lord. So restoration, listen to me real carefully, then I'll, I'll explain this to you. Restoration of what Adam lost is the major theme of the Bible. If you don't understand that, then you're going you're gonna, to uh, arrive at a wrong conclusion when you read the Bible. You have to know Genesis 1, 2, and 3. And once you gen know Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and, uh, you'll understand why Jesus came. He redeemed us from the curse. That's why Jesus came. So why did you come to start a religion? No, he didn't come to start a religion. He came to restore man back to what Adam lost. Adam lost everything. He lost his life. He lost his presence with God. He lost his health uh, after living so many years. Then he finally died. Uh, he lost his children. He lost everything. Remember, one of his sons killed the other son. And he lost everything. But Jesus came to restore us back so that we could have a good life. Right? And a lot of people are waiting and say, well, I can't wait to get to heaven. Man, you'll be surprised when you get to heaven. God says, listen, you missed out. <laughs> I had all this for you. You, you, uh, you were uh, 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 comfortable living in that condition. And you never under and you never got into the word, and you never found out my will for your life. So you lived a mediocre life. And when I see Christians living mediocre life, it breaks my heart. And they, when I see them living mediocre, they don't have to live that way. They can live a good life, right? And I'm not just telling you this is not theory. I'm telling you the truth. Praise God. So once again, 
Restoration of what Adam lost is the major theme of the Bible. And the Bible can be broken up in these four parts. Listen real carefully. This is the whole Bible. Number one, paradise given. Because where Adam was was paradise. Number one, paradise given. Number two, everything in the Bible can be divided in these four groups or four parts. Number two, paradise lost. Paradise given. And then chapter 3 of Genesis, paradise lost. Now notice real carefully. Now listen real carefully. Point number 3. Point number 3 is paradise potentially restored. All right? Paradise potentially. And the reason it's potentially restored because it has to, it depends on you. If you want it restored in your life. And that is through the cross. And then number four. Is this look. Paradise. Fully. Restored. The whole Bible is those four points. Paradise given. Paradise lost through Adam. And then paradise potentially restored. To every person. It's potentially. It depends on you whether you want it or not. And then number four, Jesus one day is going to restore paradise, is going to be completely restored. Now, when you read Revelation 20, 21 and 22, you see, huh, it's completely restored. The, the Bible says you're going to kick the devil right out of here. And all the demons, they're going to be cast into the lake of fire and all the wicked people. And then he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And then nobody's going to die. And we're going to, and we're going to be there. It's going to be completely restored paradise. But you don't have to wait till heaven. You're going to have heaven on earth. Even in a weird world. In a world where people all around you are walking under the curse and people are living terrible lives, you don't have to live that kind of life. If you get a hold of this book right here and begin to look at it and see it as an instructional manual. is Once again, it's not magic. You can't do this number. Let's see what God tells me. He don't tell you nothing. Okay? Nothing. Because you won't understand. Can you imagine me taking a university book? When I was going to university, and it just going like this. Let's see what uh, my, if I'm going to understand this algebra course. <laughs> you ain't going to understand Jack, right? Nothing. You got to start from the very beginning. And a lot of people, they think this book is not important. And this is the wisdom from above. And this is the instructional manual for you. And how you can live this world. And look, in the beginning, God created what? Heaven and earth. Who created it? God did. So he knows how it functions. And he made it to function a certain way. And if we'll do exactly what it says in the manual, then it's going to work for you. And when your life is not working, guess what? You're doing something weird. It's just like a, a flashing light comes on your panel, on your car. 
And when a light comes on, something's wrong with your car, right? But you say, I, I'm going to fix that. Let me give, give me some tape here. And you tape, put a tape over that light. And then you're going down the highway and the motor, boom, right? And it says, it was blinking and said it had no oil. But you put a tape on it and it says, I'm going to ignore that light. So this is what people have done. So, but God's will and God's plan, you've got to receive this in your heart. God's will and God's plan for you, and this is not an option. If, you'll, if I can cover all this material probably by next week, uh, it's for you to prosper and be blessed. And if God did it for somebody else, he'll do it for you. God's not a respecter of persons. So people look at this, uh, he did it for him. I wish I was him. You don't have to wish uh, and ha be jealous of nobody because what God did for them, he'll do it for you. He's not a respecter of persons. But in every nation uh, where people fear him and do righteousness, they are accepted of him. And that's uh, Acts 10, 34, and 35. So what I wanted to instill in your hearts tonight is this. You don't have to live a mediocre life. You can live an abundant life, and it's available. God has already provided for it. Uh, everything he has is through the knowledge. Once you get knowledge, you'll be blessed. Praise God. Everybody get that. Okay, let's, uh, let's have a word of prayer. Let's stand up, and let's believe God.